An England batting collapse would definitely bring the best or worst out of him. <laughs> and there were certainly a few England coaches and players that felt his wrath over the years. Particularly for some reason if your surname began with the letter B. Welcome to the latest episode of Caught Down the Leg Side. In this week's show, Tremors, Smithy and I discuss all things Ashes, both the men's and the women's series, which is fair to say are both certainly alive. We also discuss the strange decision by the ICC to reduce the punishments for slow overrates. But we start the show with the sad news of the passing of our close and brilliant friend Midnight, with some words from myself Smithy and Trimmers. Thank you for listening. Gents, thank you so much for joining the show this week. Now listen, I want to start, if you don't mind, by me sharing some, some very sad news which is the passing of our dear friend Alan Wollstonecroft, a.k.a. Midnight, who, who left us suddenly this week. I was thinking whether or not to go ahead with a podcast, but I know how much Midnight loved it, so it actually feels right to, because I know that it is probably what he would have wanted. But I want to start by saying a few words, if you don't mind, and I'm going to read these words, otherwise I know that I'll probably forget something, so it's definitely easier to read. Now, listening to this, you may or may not have known Midnight, but this was a guy who followed England all over the world. He loved the moan, and I always say he was a cross between Victor Meldrew and Bob Willis, um, which I think is a fair summary of him. An England batting collapse would definitely bring the best or worst out of him. <laughs> and there were certainly a few England coaches and players that felt his wrath over the years, particularly for some reason if your surname began with the letter B. Um, I won't name any of those players, but if you can think back over the last 20 years, I think a few of you probably agree with me. But beneath all of that, here was a guy who was one of the nicest guys that you could meet. He had that rare skill of walking into a pub and leaving it with newly found friends and people who would then probably become his friends for life. He would do anything for anyone. He just would have your back. His grumpiness meant he was the butt of a few jokes on tour but he was a guy that you always wanted on tour midnight you meant a lot to a lot of people we're going to miss you like crazy the numerous tributes left to you on social media i think says it all and just thank you for being you for all the memories the brilliant tour diaries and of course all those moans now tremor smithy anything you guys want to add to that, because I know you were as close to him as as I was. Well, I was lucky enough. I did two three month tours of Australia with him. Um, eight weeks in in New Zealand, uh, India. It was just great fun to be with, and his uh, his stories and stuff like that, and went into his books. It was just great fun. Um, 
Yeah, he, he took me under under his wing when we went, went to India. So I listened listened to him. I wish I hadn't, uh, and <laughs> ended up in the room one night with him when he had Delhi Belly, which <laughs> will haunt me forever. <laughs> it was, his snoring was bad enough. He was an absolute terrible snorer. Well, they always said everybody else snored worse than him. How he knew that, I don't quite know. Um, but yeah, the time when he had Delhi Belly in India, oh my God, it was, uh, it, yeah, it, it was not the highlight of my career. I know that with him, but um, sorely miss. He was just great fun and I just loved him to pieces. Uh, I think I were lucky enough not to do a two, three month tour with him. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the, the taxi ride in Dubai, trying to cram six of us in with, <laughs> with, with a fart in the taxi moment was just. He, he managed to get his seat in the front, but he couldn't avoid it. He was the smallest guy. Get in the front, you selfish bastard. But still <laughs> 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 got the gap of the fat. Having to pay the pint in Dubai hurt him as well. That were that were pretty, pretty grim. But yeah, just nothing but good memories. I absolutely love the guy. Uh, told me where to go in New Zealand before we went this time. Places to go, what to do, where to avoid. Uh, yeah, sad he couldn't go on this last tour, but uh, he's he's done plenty. And, uh, yeah, there'll there'll be memories every time we go to everywhere where we ever been went with him. I would have thought, top bloke. Yeah, he certainly was, and I think there'll be uh, probably this coming weekend there'll be quite a lot of drinks, probably drunk towards him, and uh, and what have you this weekend for sure. I know midnight will be up there now, shouting, "Get the bloody hell on with it!" So uh, <laughs> let's. Let's move on to the Ashes. Oh, my God, what a series it's been so far, and it's shaping up. So much to unpick with it. What are some of your initial observations of the three tests today? I think the Headingley test and the ability to actually acknowledge that they might have done some things wrong in the first two tests stands out for me. I, I think... Uh, from the side they picked, from picking Brook at three, and then in one innings, changing their mind, thinking actually might not be the best decision. Ali is a sacrificial lamb, but put Brook somewhere where he can score runs because he looked terrible in first dig. Uh, I actually think that they've learned to hold their hand up and say, yeah, we might be doing things wrong, let's do it a different way, and they've got a result from it. So, yeah, yeah, big big up to them for their ability to change their mind quickly and and learn rather than sticking to the we're going to play ultra-aggressive and, and beat anybody who comes in front of us. That's I think that's the biggest thing that stands out for me from Test Match, other than, obviously, my, my pal being best groundsman in country and giving them best deck to play on. Well, oh, yeah. It's interesting with the pitch, though. It's like you've got one that's doing a little bit and nobody can bat on it. You know, you're, they're really struggling. You know, what did it go, three and a half days? Like that. So it's yeah. flying through a little bit and they're like, oh, my God, you know, you start. I, I called with Aussie team manager on Saturday morning uh, while he was throwing it down. And he said, he can't believe they've made an Aussie pitch. He said, we can't play spin and we can't play swing and you've made an Aussie pitch. I said, well, we haven't got any spinners and you can't make the ball swing. 
<laughs> so, but, but the only person who played it was Marsh because he's, he's brought up on decent pace. In Australia. Yeah, and, and, and he played it well, but there were, there were nobody else who really got to terms with it. But you could have played on that. For, I, I genuinely said from the start, it's a 400 deck. And I can't believe nobody got 300. It was baffling that they couldn't apply themselves. I think they tried more the second dig, but the, the, their inability to be able to leave a ball that's got pace and bounce on it, Aussies included, because Wokesy got two wickets at start last day with him trying to leave the ball and a bit of pace and bounce on to the bat and dragging on. It, were, it was a poor effort by both sides to adapt to the way the pitch were playing. And they were a little bit poor in adapting to the slower edge bastard and lords pitches. Oh, we can't do all, let's just bounce it. It's like the stats show that it was the right decision or a or a, a decision that reaped benefits, but the lads I know who went said, God, it was the dullest cricket to watch. So yeah, where, where they'll where they'll go and what they'll get with Old Trafford will be interesting because normally if you want a bit of pace you can get it at Old Trafford. So whether whether the team will be picked for that and they'll they'll want that type of deck, I don't know. Robbo certainly got no instructions, he just got to produce the best pitch he can. So England haven't been asking for the slow decks, I don't think. I think from what Robbo said it's been Genuinely, just give us the best debt you can. Well, I think both the other pitch, the pitches, they both grounds would have liked them a little bit quicker, wouldn't they? I don't think they'd have liked them as as slow as they were. Um, sometimes, you know, you're doing a pitch that don't quite turn out as you want. But Robbo's was was great, and it was flying through. But yeah, it's just people just can't seem to that. Once you're in that like, frame of mind, they were like just going for it, and the amount of times they're out hooking and stuff like that. And I like, just just leave it for a little bit. I'm sure they'll get bored in a bit. But, um, yeah, a bit of old attritional no, cricket. No, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't want to bore Freddie on this, but what, what was interesting, what Robo said, he said there's been a couple of 400s chased down at Edinley this year, but he's had back-to-back games early season, hasn't got water into them, so they've, they've been a little bit flatter. He got two weeks to prepare this, and he'd been soaking it well before the last game. So he had plenty of time to get a bit of moisture and get a little bit of pace into it, a bit of live grass. So I think the lads who had the first two tests were at the end of four consecutive championship matches, so probably didn't have quite as much prep time as what Robbo had. So it didn't, uh, it didn't a knock on those guys, but Robbo had a bit more time and then probably the, he, didn't, he didn't get the four hot weeks either that the other two lads were in the middle of. So yeah, it probably... It felt nice for him, but it's also nice to see him do so well in first first up as a test match. On to, I guess, a couple of bits that have met headlines. Thoughts on Mr. Bearstow behind the stumps. We've had a lot of debate and discussion on on this podcast in terms of um, whether Mr. Folks should be in the side. 
Yeah, he's yeah, he's he's nowhere near as good as Folks, is he? And you, you you're hoping that he's going to get you the runs, but he's not really getting the runs at the moment. Whether that's just a bit out of form, bit of, bit of bad luck. <sighs> yeah, you, you don't know. I think he's very lucky to be to be staying there at the moment. Um, I wonder whether they might bring Folks in and, and whack him up to number three for the next Test match. Um, but they just kept everything the same. Um, yeah, it's just yeah, dropping chances. Luckily, we got away with it in the last Test match. It's, I read a, uh, I read an interest or heard an interesting stat today. I can't remember the exact numbers, but it's something like England have dropped in this series fourteen chance or, or either dropped or missed fourteen chances, twelve of which have come from a combination of Bearstow and Root, and with Root kind of being at first slip, has kind of him drop it, dropping those chances been because of his uncertainty of the way Johnny's been keeping. This had that knock-on effect of, you know, should I go for that? Should Johnny go for that? And it's put doubt in yeah. his hand as well. It's Absolutely, been, yeah. It's been a if lot, you get knock-on effects. Have a good relationship with your first slip. You sort of know when you're going, and he knows when you're going, and stuff like that. If there's that bit of, oh, I don't know where he's going to go, or if he goes, he's going to he's going to drop it anyway. It just, yeah, yeah, you're better off fielding it second slip than first slip at the moment. I think. Um, uh, yeah, it's it, it's tough. He's just, <laughs> yeah. If you don't get any runs and drop something in this next test, are they going to do anything for the fifth? They won't, will they? It's sort of too late by then, but. A bit, bit of pressure on him, I must admit. I need to get this lad from Somerset in. He's got another 200 today. See that one? Yeah, no, no, it's it. <laughs> I, think, I think one that I would say is that he hadn't played for nine months. He played in a county second 11 game on a flat deck and got 90 and 60 and got dropped a couple of times. He played... A Yorkshire first team game or two first team games and got a few runs, but not big. And then if you take into consideration what Gunnar said about the difference between the second division and the first division of the championship, I think it's like scoring an hat-trick for a Northern Premier League team, going into third division and, and getting another goal and then get throwing into Man City first team. I think I think that the level that he's played three or four games at after nine months out, he's almost got his place by virtue of being one of the best batters in the world last year on form. But you can't do that. You've, you've got to be in form at the time, which is a great hindsight thing. But folks were getting runs in the early part of the season. He's always had the better gloves in the country. And they might think now we should have given folks the gloves and Johnny's had to get more runs in red ball cricket before he came into the side. But that that's hindsight. But on, on the basis of spilling some relatively easy chances as well as hard ones and him not getting runs, uh, my vote would be folks all-time at Old Trafford, all the way. Which yeah, they haven't done, they've not played the squad, haven't they? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I agree with that. And I think... To one bit to add to that as well, which I just can't believe they never took into their, well, I'm sure they probably did take into consideration, but it doesn't feel like it. It's just the, the actual injury that he sustained as well. You know, his injury was a really severely badly broken 
leg. Yeah. Now, as a wicketkeeper, as you well know, Trimmers, and in a test match, wicketkeeping is not easy. You get, you know, on your legs and, you know, and he's come back with just one or two games, been out for nine months after a serious, serious leg injury. Going over old ground. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, all the crouching up and down, you know. Exactly. Or 90 it's not 90 overs a day, is it? But lucky to get 80 overs in. But, you know, all that. I know it'll be, they'll think he's fit enough and stuff like that. But that and the, the the mental tiredness that goes with it when you haven't done it, you know, say playing a few second team games and stuff like that, can't, can't be helping. But it's more than that, isn't it? Because last year when he was scoring runs as freely as he was, he won't keep him. So it's two years since he's been keeping. He had all last summer not having the gloves on. He didn't put the gloves on again until April this well, year. Well, it's actually longer yeah. than that because Josh Butler was keeping for yeah. England for the last couple of years before that. So it's actually probably been about three or four years. Yeah, so I, you, you can't you can't go in and, and keep at the highest level on a whim. And, and that's what they've tried to do to add another slot for a... It sort of balances up a little bit of Stokes not bowling. They're, they're trying to squeeze a few all-rounders into the team without any of them particularly being in Nick. I mean, if Stokes wouldn't have got runs in these first few tests, is he worth his place in the team? You know, he didn't get more than... Did he get a 50 in New Zealand? Maybe 150. And, and you're thinking, hey, if, you, if you're not bowling, lad, are you worth it? And then obviously he's pulled out. <laughs> he's probably got three fifty runs in this series and, and playing a blinder. But you genuinely have to be contributing to the team to get in it. And and Johnny isn't currently. As, as I don't know what you, you'll probably come round to mowing in a bit. But what what do you do with a slow bowler when there isn't anybody in the country who who you'd back to get a five for? Well, let's go on and talk about mowing. That's a nice little bridge. I mean, bringing him in from from nowhere was a very brave call. You know, he hadn't really got any runs, hadn't bowled for much, and it sort of proved with his with his spinning finger by the look of it. You know, starting bowling quite a few overs, giving it a giving it a rip. There's some sort of damage there. So yeah, um, I think it can. He's very lucky to be in it. He he really is. I mean, it, it was lovely if it had worked, but it, it's not really working. Who else do you bring in? <laughs> I don't know. I've probably gone along the lines of, a, of an extra seamer and, you know, a bat and hope Root, Root can spin you a few. But, yeah, I, think, I think he's, he's very lucky to be in it. have another spinner with Lawrence, then you don't need a spinner. Uh, they, they like having a spinner in the side, don't they? You, you went a bit crackly then. Did you say get Lawrence in the side as number three and bowl a yeah. bit? He, he's, he's less of a part-timer than, than Root is. But yeah. if, if he's your next batter in the in the squad and he bats three a little bit for Essex, then you bring Lawrence in, play play four seamers, bring Forks in, and you you you've you've six batters, a keeper and four seamers. Yeah. Yeah. It is quite interesting. What what what's what's he got to do to, to get in the side? You, know, you bring somebody who hasn't played for quite a time, you've got a specialist number three who does bowl a bit, who has been playing, but he can't get in the side because they got Mo there. And you're like yeah, I think their fingers crossed that Moan will do quite well, but it's it's not quite worked that way, is it? No, I don't I don't think he's he's bowling expected to be as good as Leach is. And I don't think we thought Leach was test quality or he wouldn't get in another test team. So yeah, I'd I'd be 
four seamers, folks at seven, and your six batters, two of them who come to eat it. I was going to ask who you would, I know I was going to ask who you would who you who you'd bat at three with Pope obviously out. So you'd go Dan Lawrence, and then I, I, I think and if you put them on the squad, then then yes, you know they, he's, he's got runs. He might not be the most prolific, but he's certainly scoring runs. He's been in, in and around the squad, so yeah, get him back in. Yeah, that's an interesting selection because the the interesting. I don't think they will drop Mo in. I think they will go with a spinner, but you've got to surely play Dan Lawrence at three. Because I don't see there's anyone else. I don't. I, you can't put Moen up at three. But if they, if they, I think then if they're going to play Moen, they'll play Bearstow and not not Folks. Well, they're going to do anyway, aren't they? Because Folks in in squad. But it'll be inter- It'll be interesting if they play Moen. Who would you play at three? Would you put Stokes up at three? I'd be thought series that have opened with Stokes. Well, they're going to because keep. Duck, they're going to keep. It'll be Duckett and yeah, um, Duck and Crawley up there. And Crawley I mean, up I mean, they're, they're, they're averaging well. They've done be, between them. They've scored well and heavily. But before yeah. the series started, I'm, I'm more than happy with how, how the pair have, have scored. But I just think for Stokes not bowling, is a his ability to. Leave a, he's probably scoring slower than anybody else in the team. Mm. You know, he gets his head on that he's not going to be out, and he knows where his stumps are. Leaves the ball really well, and <clears throat> unfortunately, he hasn't got the Joe Root ability to turn the strike over. He, he he's either seems to be all guns blazing or absolutely leave it. But I'd feel a lot more comfortable Stokes opening than Ducky, even though Ducky's got the runs that he probably <laughs> has. Well, well, I think you ever get number threes on hiding to nothing, aren't they? Really, because you're like, you know, Lawrence could come in, Moen goes up there, Stokes goes up there. You think, oh, you know, it's not, it's not a long term solution anyway, is it? Really, chances of getting Root back up in number three for a one off test. This is this is the thing, though, right? Yeah, he is the solution because yeah. you know most of our most of our young talent. At number five, you know, really their best positions, they should be playing yeah. number five. Yeah, yeah, it would make would make sense. Um, but you, you know what goes on in his head, do you? Is he is he like that? Is it just all cock back number three? That's it. I don't, you don't know, do you? Great shame, though. It's a great shame. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Well, here's another debate for the for the next test, and uh, who you would. Who who would be in the bowling lineup? Because I'm assuming that Robinson probably won't be fit, and I'm assuming you go wooden 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 broad. It's a man who has broken down when you've got your captain's not going to bowl. Yeah, you can't you can't then risk one of your seamers also not being able to bowl. Uh, I think Broad will be sticking his hand up saying, "I want to play again." But I think Broad will play. I think Wood will play. I think it will come down to. Personally, I think it would be Jimmy or Josh Tung. I think I think Jimmy's going to want to play at Old Trafford, isn't he? But uh, to your then, point, to your point, though, with with Stokes injured, I'd, I'd be playing four seamers and not Ali. So if if they play Ali, I think they'll go Broad, Anderson, and Wood. 
if they're playing Ali. You've got to play Wokes, haven't you? The Wokes average over in England is like 22, isn't it? It's something great. And, and he's a bloody good batsman as well. You know, what, what after he's done, you know, you could put everybody up up a bit. You know, he's he's a genuine batsman, Wokes. You know, he's a, he, you know, he's a decent all-rounder. You know, you've got to play Wood if he's fit. So yeah. then you've got to drop Warren Anderson to get Wokes in. Yeah. I'd go Wokes, Wokes Wood. Wokes Wood, Broad and Tongue. That's all I'd do. Yeah. Uh, so you're, are you playing Ali as well, though? Because you've got four seamers there. Um, I no, I probably wouldn't. To be quite honest, I, I just don't think he's brought enough to the party. I think I, you know, I put put Lawrence in at number three and just 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 give him a go. You know, nobody nobody's done anything there anyway. So you know, <laughs> and, and and to your point, you would even though it's Jimmy's home ground, you think that actually the pitch would probably better suit Tongue. And actually, where our, where we've had the success against those Aussie bats when they look uncomfortable is against yeah. more pace. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, tough call. I, mean, he's, I can't see him doing it, not playing Anderson on, on his home ground. But it's like, who, who do they prefer to play? Especially if they're like the sun's out and it's not hooping around a little bit. I mean, if Anderson's just, you know, he, he just, just sort of a couple of percent not not there at the moment to me when I've watched him. What have you been impressed about the Aussies? Warner. <laughs> well, the, well, the, fact, the fact that he's been able to maintain his fantastic, consistent strength. <laughs> the way he smiled when he's nicked off and he's like, oh, God, here we go again. Yeah, that's, that's quite funny. Yeah, and the way that, way that Smith got upset when uh, Bairstow called him smudge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's that, mate? What's that, mate? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so that's going to be interesting for them, isn't it? Because you sort of Mitch Marsh has done really well. You know, Cam Green's done well. Are they going to play those two as all rounders? Bowling, yeah, I don't yeah. think we'll get yeah. a look in. And well, they reckon they, they reckon uh, potentially Marsh might open. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, bring Mar- bring yeah. Marsh up instead of Warner, but. Again, you just think you've just got a batsman there who's just gone hit 100, batting at whatever it was, yeah, five yeah. six. Well, Travis Head, they said about Travis Head opening as well, aren't they? You're like, they're, they're, they're sort of in the same boat as us. There's a couple of people there like carrying, and you're like, oh, God, how do we, how do we sort of juggle all this? You know, I, it's, I had it's a really interesting. When I was talking to the manager who was just saying that Cam Green is there, Ben Stokes, he's such a special talent. But he's had a few stress fractures in his back, so they're really careful on his bowling workload, which is the reason he's barely bowled in first couple of test matches. But his ability to strike it, similar to Marsh, and catch anything that goes within three yards of him, when he's bowling eighty-five a mile an hour, heavy balls on top of that, he said he's just like. He, he's one of first names on the team sheet, but they're really concerned about keeping his fitness up. But I think in this test match he'll play. So whether they do play Marsh and Green or not, uh, you'd, you'd think it it would be a stronger team for them if they did, if they can find somebody else to open, if, if they open with Marsh. I think that them play Marsh 
instead of Warner, makes them a better team. I'm bloody glad Lightning playing anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Harry Harry Potter did get a fair bit of stick about not carrying his wand with him on Western Tourists. <laughs> <laughs> I did see that. I did see that. It's just a shit Harry Potter. <laughs> well, I'm glad they've got a few issues as well, anyway. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, what are your thoughts? So, we're 2 1, 2 to play. Can England do it? Oh, of course, you can. I think when you've got two teams as closely matched as what they are, I don't think you'd call any test match. And we have had the best of the weather conditions but now we're playing more sensibly I think we look a lot better team when it's funny enough when, when it were a bit of pace in that week you didn't see Root doing ten, too many little scoops did you so I think the entertaining the crowd as they called it versus winning I think winning now has slowly won out and it's more important to win than, than what it is to have the level of entertainment that they were trying to give. Uh, and long may it continue. So they, can, they can still be aggressive without being... The risk-reward has been a little bit more balanced. And when you're buying, you've got to level the, the risk of the shot you play against the reward. And the, I think they did that better in last test, and hopefully they'll do it better in next test. Interesting, we've had the uh, luck with the weather and toss and stuff like that. If we'd have caught half of those catches that we shelled, yeah. I wonder what the difference would have been with that. You know, you just you just don't know, do you? You know, we could have we could have been three and up if we'd have caught all those catches. The extras and I mean the amount of ifs and buts you get when you get a close game mm. is uh, always magnified. It is, but when you look at the quantity. That we've shelled, and you do think that the two results in those first two tests were so narrow two wickets and 40 odd runs with the quantity of chances that that we missed. Well, it's massive, you know. You would say that we would have won those two tests if, well, if we maybe would have had an appropriate keeper, etc. Ash on Yorkshire again, but yeah, I agree. <laughs> Catches with matches, don't they? Have you heard that saying before? Okay, one thing I didn't ask you, spirit of cricket, whilst we're on Yorkshire, <laughs> um, or Yorkshire players, um, spirit of cricket, the whole incident at Lord's, uh, for, for me, I was in a pool in Italy having a bottle of wine and listening to it on TMS. Different type of spirit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and at the time, I was thinking it was wrong. I then watched the actual incident on the telly and saw that Carey pretty much caught the ball and released it within half a second, so there was no waiting for Bairstow to go down and talk to Stokes. He'd done it straight away, just the same way as what Bairstow had done to Labashain, even though he was batting out of his ground. I think the only slant on it I would have is if he'd been doing it for a couple of overs 
a little bit of banter and chirping, saying, you keep walking out of your crease, mate, we're going to have you. Matt wouldn't have gone amiss. But I'd have done it in cricket, league cricket, if he'd have been doing it for so long continuously. And he went and did it again at Edinley. And if he'd have done it at Edinley, I'd have been keeping wicket. I'd have definitely done him a second time. It's like, you've got, you can't do it, mate. It's, it's cheating. It's like, it's, it's your man card. I'd mancad people. Stay in your ground then. All you've got to do is stay in your ground. So, yeah, I think it's a... I'm more with Aussies on that, I'm afraid. It's, it's a tough old game. You know the rules, laws. Don't, don't do it. Yeah, I agree. I could have, yeah... Kerry got rid of the ball straight away. Um, I thought it was funny when Bear Stoke threw it, it was about six foot wide. Um, and Kerry's done it once yeah. in like it middle stump. So, um, yeah. but yeah, it was a split second. It's it's quite interesting though, isn't it? Because the umpires had no interest. They were, they were looking away and handing it over. They didn't really know what was going on. But it's just it is like your man cat, isn't it? It's like all of a sudden it, it focuses people's minds. It is the you know it's the law. Um, nobody's done anything wrong. It just focuses it and, you know, people got to be more aware of it. Yeah, exactly. That's where I stand. I mean, I have no issue with what Carey did because, as you say, you've only got to look at it and it, it was all in one instant, wasn't it? As soon as he got it, absolutely, he, he, yeah. he threw. I guess the spirit cricket comes into whether Cummins should have withdrawn the appeal at that point. Um but ultimately, it was, you know, Johnny had done it for two or three, he had done it for two or three balls. Um, you know, and it was well, just that's, stupid. That's the thing I miss in Italy. The whole context is, he'd been doing it all the over. The only thing I think in the spirit of the game that were missed was somebody saying during that over or the over before or the over before, don't go walking down until we tell you, mate. There's enough verbals and banter goes on on the ground for somebody not to have done a, a soft warning. Don't have to go through the umpire. It's, that is the only yeah. thing that I think could have been more in the spirit. But 100% Johnny wasn't wrong doing what he did. There's been a lot of worse cases where the spirit of cricket could have come in and hasn't. So I don't really have, a, have too much of an issue with it, I'm afraid. Um, it's a shame he didn't miss with his first throw because Bear still might have gone, oh, bloody hell. All right, let's talk women's ashes. Let's 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 switch. I mean, that's another exciting series uh, where England are fighting back and it's interesting to see how the Australians are starting to respond to back-to-back defeats um, for the first time in, in quite a few years. But have either of you been following following the women's ashes? Been catching up a little bit, sort of highlights and stuff like that. And yeah, it's been uh, yeah, it's been sort of quite interesting. And um yeah, was it tomorrow they're playing? Is it is it tomorrow? Brist, Brist, is it Bristol they're playing out tomorrow? So yeah, yeah, it's fifty overs, isn't it? The twenty overs has been good. You just sort of wonder. It's like the the longer format, the the better side comes out on top. And so you think England then twenty twenty. It would just be interesting. You, you don't you don't really know. Um, but yeah, you could do with England winning it, winning the next one. That'll make a, a cat amongst the pigeons, wouldn't it? 
I, I, I haven't been following it, but what I have been following is is Lindsay, and she never goes for more than four and over. No. She doesn't go for more than six in T20 cricket. How's she not getting a gig? Big question. No, they're probably, probably thinking they got enough spinners in the, in the squad, but yeah, she opened the bowling again today and she was like 10 overs for 37 or something. You know, start getting some runs as well, which is good to see. Yeah, She's a yeah. good good player. Good player. Yeah, but, we saw her, I yeah. remember seeing her this year at, at Wormsley, but a Vipers and tight as anything. Yeah. I guess, like, the, I guess the, the, the challenge that she's got is you'd probably say that England's strength is probably in that spin of all the different facets of the game with, you know, Sophie Eccleston, Charlie Dean, etc. Spin is probably their strongest suit, you would you would probably say, compared to their they've got their seam bowlers are really starting to improve. Mm. The batting, you know, is strong. You'd say with like Sophie Eccleston, you've got the best, you probably got the best bowler in world cricket. Yeah, but she's she's bowling uh, uh, stats in domestic cricket stack up, don't they? So you know, it's a bit of a surprise. She then I suppose so, so, Sophie Eccl- Sophie Eccleston in front of her. I suppose that's that's the challenge, right? That's one. So yeah, yeah, it's uh, they've probably got a nice depth of. They've got to, that's what I think is just fantastic is just the depth they've got in the spin bowling. No, it's, it's, it's shaping up well for the series. And it's, it's nice seeing the sort of some of the seamers going in and banging it in and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's, it's, um, yeah looking forward to it tomorrow. Now, listen, I'm going to, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll close with a topic that I, I read about today, actually. And I don't know if you guys have heard this, but. It was in the news that the ICC are preparing to reduce the punishments for slow over rates after England players apparently lost their entire match fees at Lords because of slow over rates. Poor blokes. Now, currently, teams get deducted one World Test Championship point and players get deducted 20% of their match fee for every over that's shorter than 90 overs. But... From a supporter's perspective, I think a lot of us feel that's not actually strong enough, and yet they, 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 the ICC are thinking it's too harsh. Well, my, got... my only punishment is that they should do it on on a field of play and just put extra runs on it, not like two runs, six runs like that. Just like 10, 20 runs. You're like slow over eights now. All of a sudden, at the end of the day, right, you're five over short. It's it's 10, 10 runs per over. That's fifty runs. You know, they'll soon chop it. Money makes no when you're on like two and a half million quid a year or whatever on. Exactly. Money makes no difference to them whatsoever. Whatsoever. It does nothing at all. And it's the spectator who's the one who's copying it again because they're um, you know, they're they're paying for to watch 90 overs apply or whatever it is, and they're watching, you know, 80 overs. They should get, you know, 10% money back. I mean, it's just it's it is pathetic, you know. And particularly with the, the amount people are paying. You know, it's, Absolutely. Not, it's not an in, yeah. insignificant amount of money uh, to go and watch a day of test cricket. I, th- I, th- I think another way to try and approach it, other than runs, which I think the players are, are react to, is start docking the umpires' wages a bit. <laughs> where's Gunner well, when we need him? Where's Gunner when? Where's Gunner when we need him? They've come on. 15 minutes after they've come on, they're getting new gloves and a drink. They've only bowled four overs. Don't let them. Mm. Don't let them come on. 
that all all these intervals that they have and drinks breaks, it, drinks breaks were for hot weather. Now they get a drinks break when when it's sixteen degrees in Chesterly Street. We're northeasterly. It's like you don't need a drinks break, boys. Just get on and play. It'll be Bovril or something like that. I don't know. But, but the two yeah. hours, like, honestly, lads, you can play two hours before you have another break. And and the umpires, if it was affecting them as well, wouldn't let them do it. But the run, runs and runs are a little bit balanced against how many wickets has been, how much leather they've been chasing. You can probably adapt it a little bit to, you know, if there's been six wickets in a session, they aren't going to bowl the, the 30 overs. But the the general speed of play is so slow. I mean, one ball and change the change all the field. Well, lads, you can do. But if you lose 10 runs because you haven't bowled enough overs, like you said, they'd know where they're going or they wouldn't spend so long doing it. Yeah. Then 50 runs in a day for five overs low would have changed every test match in this series. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's just a spectator. They're the ones that are copping at the whole time. Players don't care. You know, they're getting a result. But, you know, if you've, you've you know, got one day off and you've got to watch a cricket and you're only watching, you know, three quarters of a day or whatever, it's, it's, just, not, it's just not fair on the spectator. They don't think about spectators enough, unfortunately. Um, you know, one of those things, I don't mind if people are going to bowl 27 overs in the first session instead of 30, but if they're still, they drop behind for the next session, and instead of bowling like another 30 then, you just go, right, you're three overs short then, that's that's your 30 runs then, you've got, you've got to try and make it up over the whole day. You get the odd sessions where lots happening and stuff like that, and I, and I get that, but generally over a day, you have some spell where you can you can speed through the overs. You might have to get somebody to bowl off a few paces and whiz through a few overs. I'm a Somerset bowl 33 overs in an hour once because they were they were behind with their, their overs. So they're just like, oh, we're just going to get it through. You know, if there was a penalty... You'd, you'd you would know, have to do runs. You'd have to do session by session then, wouldn't you? Yeah. And, and pro, you know, if in that first session you've only bowled 27, other team gets another 30 runs, mm. would you bowl them 30 overs? And you're absolutely right. Yes, they would. Yeah. And, and if you see them as a moving bow a little bit, you might actually for, you might forfeit ten or twenty runs to keep your seamers going. But that that's just the nature of the game, then, isn't it? You speed yeah. it up a little bit, yeah. and your captain gets banned. Oh, whoopie do for a game, two games. You know, <laughs> it doesn't make that much difference. It really doesn't. You know, it's just just people need to watch a full day's cricket. I knew that question would stir the pot. It's midnight when you need him, eh? <laughs> I paid all this money to watch cricket and I'm not watching anything. <laughs> all right, let's close with your Ashes predictions then. So we're currently 2 1, two tests to play. How's it going to finish just so we get this on record? Tremors. Oh, God. Thanks very much. Um, I'm not seeing a long range forecast actually. Um, I said, I think I said 2 2 at the start of it. <laughs> I'm going to go. This one will be a draw because they'll get some bad weather, and they're going to win at the Oval. How about that? 2-2 then. Smithy? Um, I'm, I'm happy with that. I generally think there'll be a draw due to poor weather, and we'll win another test. Yeah, my uh, my pre-series prediction of 2-1 England is obviously out of <laughs> out of window. Um, but yes, I think, I think Old Trafford could well be a draw, to be fair. Um, and we've got a good record at the Oval. So, yeah, I'm going to 
probably join you guys on on two two, which is me sitting on the fence. Can I throw you one in for just a little bit of a chat, adding to your agenda? Go for it. What do you want to speak about? West Indies cricket. Yep. Tell, tell, tell me, we've got three tests against the number eleven playing nation in the the world at the moment, and um, that was uh. How's this working with West Indies cricket falling down the the world order, but still demanding the uh, ability to get test matches and ODIs? Do you think that the ICC should look at who plays who, depending on where they are in the rankings? Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting one. I guess the difficult bit is because the way they do it, the future tour programme, you're always looking at potentially four years out, aren't you? So I guess it's difficult to then see, like now in four years' time, is country X going to be bottom of the rankings or could they be second or third in the rankings? I think one thing I would say is I actually applaud it that it is three tests because I think every series should be a minimum of three tests. I think that's... So I think that should actually be applauded. Absolutely, Um, yeah. But why the West Indies get three tests and say a Bangladesh only gets two or New Zealand only gets yeah. two is where it's, where it's completely wrong. But I do applaud the fact that it is three tests um, because I think any series should be a minimum of three tests, but it is wrong that New Zealand only gets two and West Indies, as you say, who are ranked 11th um, get three. Yeah, if, the ICC, if the ICC think they're good enough to play test cricket, they've got to play a minimum of three test matches. If they don't think they're good enough for it, don't make them test playing nations. You know, sorry. They, they're only going to get better by playing more test cricket. Or, or have two divisions. Well, <laughs> yeah. How long have we got on here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Home and away. Play, playoffs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, interesting, interesting. But yeah, I tell you, it's just a great shame because we're all brought up with the West Indies being the best side in the world, and uh, to see where they are now, it, it is very sad. But you know, how are they going to how are they going to change that? When the ICC on about trying to chuck a bit more money towards them, some of these nations to you know to make sure that the, the Test cricket is still really important, they're going to have to chuck a lot of money towards some of these places. And that's the challenge because for every every pound or dollar that the ICC would do would do that, say they do that, great, tick in the box. But then for every pound or dollar that the ICC put in, invest, you've then got your major league cricket in America. You've got your IPL teams that are now buying up franchises around the world, putting two pounds and two dollars for every pound that the yeah. ICC would put in. So and the new ten tournament. Yeah, but very tough. And you think they say some of that that money is going to these places where the perhaps are not going to look after it quite as well as some of these other countries. And you sort of think, well, why are you giving them all the money if they're not using it as well as another country that would use it slightly more sensibly? Yeah, very, very tough. But, you know, it's nice that they're actually saying they want to try and help the test cricket because, yeah, I think we all appreciate that's the, the best form of cricket out there. Agreed. Maybe something, maybe something for next time then. <laughs> Put it on the agenda for next month. Along with docking umpires' wages for Gunner. (laughs) (laughs) Gentlemen, thank you so much. Difficult kind of start to this podcast, but um, a really good, uh, a really good conversation.
I'm sure it. I'm sure Midnight would have loved it. No one. You got that rubbish. I should have moaned. <laughs> he would have moaned, and we'd have loved him for it. We'd have loved him for it. <laughs> to uh, to everyone who downloaded, thank you very much, and uh, we'll be back again next month. <laughs>